the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. My telephone number is 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Unless you've been living in the proverbial cave, of course. You have heard about what's going on down at Asbury University in Kentucky. And I've had so many of my listeners uh, send me emails, Facebook posts, private messages. Bob, what do you think? Uh, should I go? Shouldn't I go? Uh, is this really a work of God? Is this really a revival? Is it pure emotionalism? And uh, I've commented somewhat extensively about my feelings about what's going on. Uh, but I wanted to have someone that was there firsthand. And a good friend, Amy Leewald, who is a pastor's wife from Genoa Baptist. Uh, her husband is one of the pastors. Um, Amy has been on my program before talking about LifeWise Academy. Your official position with LifeWise Academy is? Head teacher. Head teacher for? Yep, LifeWise Olentangy. For for Olentangy. Um, A week ago Friday, you got up and made a decision. Just kind of walk me through what led you to head to Kentucky? Well, when I heard of, uh, I know a lot of people don't like this word revival. We don't know if that's controversy or not, but this is a revival and in my, the, what I witnessed witnessed. And so as I was following, um, online, um, this movement of God, um, for days, I was studying it. I was looking at the one from 1970. I was mm-hmm. seeing how parallel it was. I was listening to testimonies of the people that came out of 1970 and the effects of what it had on their life. And then I'm watching these young people, and I want to mention I have four boys that would be considered Gen Z, and um, my heart was, it was overflowing just in my chair in my living room in my quiet time in the morning. And that feeling of, wow, I, I want to I see that. I want to taste and see that. And, yes, I can taste and see that every morning when I'm sitting with the Lord in my devotion. But there was something tugging at my heart. And so I asked my family several times, hey, you guys got a free day? Friday don't work. Do you guys want to come? And none of their schedules seemed to be free. So I woke up before everybody had to go to work and school. And I said, see you later, boys. And they said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Asbury. Hmm. And that's kind of where um, that day began. All right. And walk us through what you experienced, what you saw, what you heard. Yeah. Just kind of walk us through that. Well, the Lord literally was like... Let me me stop you. What did you expect? That's a great question because I told myself, I'm going, even if I waste 
four hours of gas and my Starbucks money, and I waste my whole day off of work and come back and don't gain nothing, I still knew that I was being obedient because the Lord was telling me to go. And so I told Scott, I said, I have to go. God's telling me. And in those times, I know I need to be obedient. So I told myself as I was worshiping in the car there, to be honest, I said, I have no expectation, but I know I'm supposed to be there. And so um, I told some people that as I got there, it was the coldest day yet of this revival. It was 36 degrees. And when I drove up, I, I knew that the chapel doors were going to be open at 1 p.m., so I planned to be there at 10 a.m., and I expected to wait in line, but I didn't realize I was going to be in line for three and a half hours. And so as I waited in line and it wrapped around the city, at the, around corners, not just in front of the chapel with the chapel not even sight, um, I think that's where my heart knew that I was like, yes, I'm here. Because so many people of all generations, all races, I was standing um, in front of a young man that was from Africa. I was standing behind an older man from Indiana. And it was just all walks of life. And I asked that same exact question, Bob. I said, hey, what drew you here? Why are you here? And they said, the Holy Spirit told them to come. And I said, thank you. I Mm -hmm. I I needed that. He told me to come too. And just that experience in the line of seeing the expectancy of, I mean, I'm going back to this first and tasting and seeing what the Lord was doing. Um, it really was just a beautiful experience just to even being in line with all those people from all over the world and even nation now that we're learning. All right. What was going on in line? Was there casual conversation? Hey, how are you? you know, where do you work? What's your job? What's your, how many kids do you have? Was there just general conversation in, in line as if, if you were waiting in line for a Buckeye game or was there, was there a, a and I'm not trying to trick you in any way, yeah. was there a spirit of, of worship even in the line? Yeah, that's a great question because I, there was an expectancy and a hunger for God. And so it wasn't a casual conversation that I would have had with a sister or brother in Christ in church. It was different because I didn't know these people and we were already talking on such deep levels about the Lord. And so I would say, no, we weren't talking about our job and our kids. We were talking about our, our walks with the Lord and how the Holy Spirit drawn us to this awakening and whatever this looked like, we didn't know what to expect. And you could hear the worship. Um, there was no big technology. There was no, um, you know, big fancy instruments coming around to string your heart or emotion. But in unison, people were worshiping outside because they were joining along from the course of what was traveling out the chapel doors, and so it would travel down the line. And from there, the worship started with people singing and praising God and talking about the Lord. Um, so there was nothing casual about it, yet it was it was so simple and sweet. When this first began, um, one of the observations that I made from from the outside. Obviously, I haven't been there. So all I know is what I've been reading and seeing and, and hearing. I said, number one, I hope and pray this really is a genuine movement of God. Mm-hmm. And if it is, I am so grateful that it didn't happen in a big megachurch mm-hmm. with millions of dollars of technology mm-hmm. and smoke and lights, and there's nothing wrong with technology. Yep. Nothing yep. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. 
But if this movement of God had begun in that kind of atmosphere, I think people would say, well, the only way you can have real revival is with all the technology. Mm. And there was no technology here at all, was there? Mm -mm. It was very, very simple. And from what I understand, many of the the songs Mm. were old hymns. Mm. They weren't just contemporary Christian music, Mm -hmm. although that was there. Mm -hmm. It was a a blend. Is that correct? Yeah. Gosh, the simplicity of that day is hard to explain in what we would consider modern-day church right now um, because this started with just a simple chapel service for young people. And if you saw their stage, how beautiful it is, I would say it resembled something from when I was a little girl in the 1980s. And um, when I walked into that chapel, there was no expectation. But when I walked in, and I don't even cry at girly movies. I'm the last one to, to, to grab a tear. And emotion, um, I don't think is a bad thing, but I also don't get swept away in it often. And there was a presence and sweetness and aroma of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. When I walked in, my eyes and heart, it wasn't just my tears, it was my spirit swelled up inside of me walking into the to this chapel. And the Lord Jesus Christ lives inside of me, but there was something special being in there. And so um, there was nothing fancy about it. The chapel was very um, beautiful. Um, and the pews were, were older and there was a balcony, as you would just think of something very um, just uh, old school, I guess. And there was one guitar and many, many young people on stage just how did it? I'm, I, I'm a technical yeah. person. Mm-hmm. How do they move people in and out? Yeah. So. How do they, how do they, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Don't mean to compare, but I was in Rome several years ago and waited in line for three hours to get into the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, and finally, when we got in there, they said, "Move, move, move, move." Mm -hmm. I thought I've been waiting in line for three hours. What do you mean, move and get out of here? You know, how did they move people in and out to to bring new people in that are standing in line? That was the beauty of all this because you saw that one of the things they mentioned is that we are going to outdo each serve each other in love, outdo each other in love. And that's how this was all being serviced to us people who wanted to come and see what they were experiencing there at that college. But um, I could only say that only the Lord worked those logistics out because there was no, hey, this certain time you need to leave. But it was more like I, we understood there was people waiting behind us. And when the Spirit filled you up and you knew it was time to leave, you walked up and you gave up your seat. And so there was no hurry to be in the chapel as well, because you were still worshiping in line. Hmm. All right. We're talking with Amy Leewald, who um, was at the Asbury movement. Um, And I've noticed that even Asbury has stopped saying revival. They're saying an outburst, an encounter. Um, And she's got firsthand experience, which I don't. And I wanted to hear from her. All right. We're going to take a quick break. My number, 877-BOB-LIVE. Stay tuned. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. 
Welcome back to Bobberty Live. I am sure that all of you have heard about the Asbury Revival, the Asbury Encounter, the Asbury Outpouring, whatever you may want to call it. And uh, the internet and social media has been hot and heavy all over the place. It's a deceptive emotional movement. Uh, It's the greatest movement of God in a hundred years and everything in between. And of course, you know, if you read it on the internet, it has to be true. (laughs) (laughs) I have been asked by so many of our listeners some very important questions. And uh, Amy is the first person that I've talked to that was actually there. So Amy, if you don't mind, some tough questions. Is that okay? Yep. All right. Right off the top, I have read uh, several sources that uh, Asbury is very soft on the LGBTQ, their welcoming of the LGBTQ community, and that during this revival, uh, homosexuality, same-sex relationships have been embraced and even praised as a part of a movement of God, and therefore... There is no real repentance, and therefore it cannot be real revival. I don't know how to answer that, because I have no firsthand knowledge. Wow. I've read all that stuff too, Bob, and it um, it's interesting because my first question is, were you there? And um, I, the day I experienced it was the Friday. I was ten, it was 10 days into the revival, and um, that never came up. Um, there was no affirming of any group, actually, you know, let alone just a singular uh, a group. Um, there was no, we accept specific groups. Um, it actually was very biblical based. And so. What, was there a spirit of repentance? I'm not an expert on revival. A, that's a great question. But I know there yeah. is no revival without repentance. And uh-huh, None. Yes. So that was probably one of the most beautiful things is that they kind of repeated this cycle of repentance and worship and praise. And though it was student-led, it was very well monitored by the leaders there. And that day was the chaplain of Asbury, very wise man. And he walked us through repentance scripturally. He did Mm -hmm. not preach. He just read a few verses and then we sat in it, and he gave us a moment to, to deal with that. And he even invited us to, to kneel at our seats. And I would say that I didn't see one person that wasn't kneeling at their seats. And I saw grown men crying, young ch- children crying. And I had to pause for a moment and say to myself, Lord, is there something in my heart that is unclean? And then the next thing I know, I'm crying. And it wasn't because my neighbors were. It's because God, in that moment, I think we allowed time to say, hey, Lord, is there something in me that's unclean? And um, through his graciousness, because he sees each and every one of us, he allowed that time for me specifically um, to have that time with him. And so the space that they created there for confession, um, I commend them. And I don't want to rush you, but our time, it's going to go really, really fast. Uh, The other criticism is just unbridled emotionalism. It's Mm -hmm. like mass hysteria. It's like a rock concert gone crazy. It's just pure emotionalism. And as soon as people leave, it's going to be over. How how do you respond to that? 
Well, the experience I had was not pure emotionalism. After the um, moment of silence and, and time we had with the Lord, they allowed just, the Lord allowed just sweet worship. And um, there wasn't no singular person going crazy or any um, scenes being made where you were turned away from what your own worship was supposed to be. And um, I would hate for that to be the view of what I experienced that day because now I'm connected to several people I sat by and they had the same beautiful experience I did as well. So um, those um, views that maybe we have from the outside, any experience that we have with Jesus Christ um, is important and it's sweet and special. And that day was very special. And the fact that we can, um, I can look back now and think that this was student led. And when I looked at the stage and saw all these young people and they were raising their hands and there was no fancy cameras, there was no screens with words. There was just acapella, all of us singing how great thou art to the Lord, but you were truly just with Jesus in the presence of worshiping okay. him. Real quick, because mm-hmm. we're really yeah. running short. Um, do you have to go to Asbury, Kentucky to experience real revival and a genuine deep encounter with God? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. I think that God called who he called to experience what um, what I experienced on Friday. But what I'm excited about Bob, and why I'm even excited to sit here is because I was ignited. And so whether we call it a movement of God or an encounter of God or revival, my heart was revived. I've been a believer since I was a little girl, but the Holy Spirit moved something inside of me. And I've already seen product of what happened to me on Friday moving forward in my in my daily walk, in my daily life, and my excitement for Jesus. Um, so no, you can have it in your living room. You can have it at church. You can have it in your job, your car, your shower. <laughs> and I think that's the ultimate takeaway, and that's a great way to end. Amy, thank you so much for coming in. God bless you. All right, Bobberty Live will return in just a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.